You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I'm your host, Jackie Koch, and today we are talking about some tools exercises, and rituals for remote work. And like pretty much all of us, I am figuring out this world of remote work just like you. Figuring out how we do it, how to structure it, all of that stuff. And I find that a lot of times people expect HR professionals to be like perfect at this. And I've got to tell you, like we are figuring it out right alongside with you. And I can't say I've perfected it, but I've definitely done a lot of reading about it and I find it super, super interesting. And today I want to talk a little bit about a book that I bought last year. It's actually one of the best purchases I made um, as it relates to this topic. And the book is called Rituals for Virtual Meetings. And one of the quotes on the cover from somebody who read the book is, I didn't realize how much I needed this book until I read it. And honestly, that is exactly how I felt. Like you didn't know you needed it until you read it because most of us don't even understand why remote work is like so tricky or feels so different than in-person work. And I think this book really does a great job explaining why and then offering different solutions for you to figure out how to best lead your team and, and make it so that it feels a little bit normal. We are literally in the midst of creating like a new way of working right now, which is wild to think about. 15 years from now, people are going to just, this is going to be normal. And what we decide to do and how we move forward is going to kind of dictate that. And I just think that's pretty wild and crazy. It's good and okay for you to give yourself grace and also know that you don't know what you don't know. So automatically jumping to remote work is not as good or remote work is awesome. Like we don't know what we don't know. And so allow yourself to test and try and feel okay with that. And also like be open with your team that we're testing and trying new things. I think oftentimes we know it doesn't feel the same, but we don't really know why. Um, And a lot of it is like we try to take exactly how we used to work, especially for those of us who've been in the workforce for quite some time, transitioning to remote work during the pandemic. One was so quick, we weren't ready for it. And we just had to do it and figure our way through it. And then the pandemic lasted for so long that we all ended up working remote for a super long time. And now it's just like expected that that's how we work without any transition time. If you think about it, there was no transition time for us to be, to really think about and build it intentionally. And I don't even mean that individually. I mean, as a collective society right? There are quite a few companies who have been fully remote for quite some time who are, who are sharing some of their best practices and learning, but there was no test and try period for us. We're in that right now. And I think, unfortunately, there's this demand that you need to work remote, too bad, too sad, figure it out. And while I do kind of agree that you need to figure it out, I do think like giving yourself the opportunity to be like, okay, I'm figuring this out and testing things Um, I'm going to try it. It may not work. I might decide it's not for us and that's okay. And taking the way we used to work together in an office and just putting us onto screens is leaving us, and we know this, feeling disconnected, 
unclear of kind of what we're working towards a lot of times or what's expected or how other people view our work. You, you miss a lot of context. Creativity is stifled. It just really, really is different because what we used to do, honestly, is kind of pointless in this new way of working. And that's where I loved this book because it really broke down why it doesn't work and different things you can do to start to think about it. And I think if we implemented and really intentionally tried to build a culture and practices and ways of working with our teams, we really can create a team that operates just as well and just as effectively, if not more effectively, and a team that's more connected to one another than we were in the office. So what if what if instead of immediately thinking it's not going to be as good, you were like, what if it could be? And figuring out ways for it to be, because there are a heck of a lot of companies doing it, and it is. So um, I offer that mindset shift for you. Well, I guess the other thing is, is people are like, I think one of the biggest gripes about remote work is people feel like they're on Zoom meetings all day long and it's like zapping their energy, which is very true. I don't know about you, but when I worked in an office, there was a lot of in-person meetings that I left feeling like it was a complete waste of time and a complete waste of energy. And I didn't know why the hell I was attending the meeting. And that was the same in in in-person meetings. And so I actually think this gives us an opportunity to just be more effective at meetings and be more effective at our processes and how we work together. And it's not a remote versus an office type of a thing. Because if you go back into an office and you still have a bunch of pointless meetings or ineffective meetings, you're not actually solving the problem. Anyways, I digress. Reading this book, they go into reasons why transitioning to remote work can be difficult. And I'm going to go over it because it really opened my eyes as to why it feels awkward or why it feels different. And specifically around meetings, because really that's the only way we know how to collaborate with one another is meetings for most of us. I'm not going to overgeneralize everyone, but most of us. And when you're in a virtual environment, you lose a lot of the norms that you get from in-person meetings that you don't really know are there, but are, that help inform your body of the context. Like It helps your mind, I should say, understand the concept of the meeting, what's going on in the meeting, who's interested, who's not, is it going well, is it not? There's just a lot of like nonverbal things that you pick up on when you're in a meeting. And these are the three reasons why, as they describe in the book, uh, Rituals for Remote Work, it's hard to transition, just immediately go from in-person to virtual without changing any of the ways you do stuff. The first one is we lose the use of our senses, which help us understand what's going on around us. You know, you can pick up on nonverbal cues, even like your smell, your like all of the things that go into like an in-person experience you lose and you don't realize how much they contribute to your perception of what's going on in a meeting. We also, you know, unfortunately we have amazing tech. I was just talking to my boyfriend today about how incredible it is that I mean, I know this is going to age me, but I'm sitting here getting ready to go on a vacation to Costa Rica and I'm texting the program director who now has a bed and breakfast where we're staying at, I'm just texting her about my trip. And I remember when I studied abroad there 20 years ago, I'd use calling cards to call home, all of this stuff. Or like I had a, we had a foreign exchange student in high school um, who became one of my good friends. She was Guatemalan and we stayed in touch. And I remember we had to send letters back and forth to each other most of the time that we kept in touch. 
and I was in college when email came out, or maybe I was like right before college. And I remember sending her an email and I was like, I hope this gets to you. Ha ha ha. Like it just was like the weirdest thing. Anyways, tech has done a lot of wonderful things for us, right? It's advanced so much, um, but it's still not completely caught up to give us a true feeling of what's going on in a meeting like it would when you were in person. Research actually shows that being in back-to-back meetings like causes overload. You're there, but you're not really understanding as well as you would have if you were with the people in person. And then there's like things like delays, like somebody's internet isn't quite as fast. So there's a delay in their like reaction or their comments. And it just like throws us off and we don't know where to look. Like, how do I know when I can speak? Like all of these things are just harder virtually, which then leads to the third reason why it's hard is it's just kind of socially awkward. Nobody really knows exactly what is acceptable. And majority of people don't take time with their teams to, to define what that is. And so one of the ways to create intentionally new ways of working is to implement some new rituals specifically designed for virtual work. And, you know, as they define in this book, rituals are essentially just practices, games, exercises, there's activities or routines or practices that create moments and moments help you understand the flow, the timing of meetings. It helps kind of bring some of that same situational awareness to a meeting that you're missing from not being in person. They, they really help with you figuring out the intention of meetings, like how you're supposed to act, all of that stuff. I kind of already alluded to it, but they also create a roadmap or a structure to the virtual experience, which often is a meeting. It could be, you know, a training. It could be a bunch of stuff. And successful meetings virtually, there's different sections and transitions that kind of piece it all together so that the folks attending the meeting know what to expect and what's coming. They know when it's going to be wrapping up. They know when it's kicking off. Like there's just this natural flow versus just time. They also help us visualize goals and end results and rituals help team members kind of fill in gaps that maybe aren't explicitly discussed. And this is actually true for even in-person meetings, to be honest. If you're unfamiliar with something, I don't know if you know this, but your brain will make up information to fill in the gaps. Oftentimes it's like worst case scenarios and it's just what happens in the human brain. And so having rituals in place for working with your teams, virtual or in-person, help fill in some of those gaps in a way that you're creating, like you're helping them see the goal in what you're actually trying to do instead of just being unclear, stating something and the team members left wondering, well, I wonder what this happened or, or what, what they mean by this. And then they also create a cadence for the meeting. And, and, and they do that with cues, gestures, phrases that replace, you know, the things that we, we miss from meetings. So it's interesting because if you've noticed when you're in a room with someone, people mirror each other. It's our way of like emphasizing with people and it, it ends up like creating a rhythm. I don't even remember where I learned this. Maybe it was when I was learning about body language, but like if you're in a, deep in a conversation with someone and, and you cross your legs, the other person likely crosses their legs because that's what we do. We mirror them and that's our way of like creating the rhythm to the meeting and that's missing in virtual meetings. So when you have these cues, 
it just helps you create some of those moments a little bit more. It gives you cues for like when you should jump in and share your thoughts or should you wait until the person is done talking or turns it over to you. Like some of these cues help you know how to keep the rhythm of the conversation moving. Um, And it helps you feel a lot more effective and it also just helps you feel more connected to the people who are in the meeting with you. So as you start to think about different rituals or exercises, you can call this word whatever you want. It's essentially just like practices or exercises um, that you want to implement into your team and your meetings. You want to think about these elements. You want there to be goals. Um, So making sure people know what the goals are of the meeting and rituals can help make them tangible and, and just clear. You also time. You want to think about time. Specifically, like think about how people in the meeting will experience time. So are there parts that take too long? Are there some parts of the meeting you never have time for? You're always skipping over. And implement practices or exercises that help create a cadence so that people know there's a beginning, a meeting, and an end. So people know what's expected and what's coming. And it keeps them engaged because they know. And they're not just going to like look at the clock or pull up Slack or, or whatever roles. Rituals can help you know like who's owning what role in the meeting, who's leading the meeting, who's the note taker, who's a participant, you know, all of those things. Words. Rituals can turn words into symbols for the group. You know, maybe you want to create some common language about something um, and it can really help. Rituals can help to do that or exercises can help to do that. Gestures. um, They help people better know how to express themselves and understand each other in a meeting. They can be used to sync people together or create a a culture in the meeting of being, of people feeling comfortable sharing, all of that stuff. And then energy rituals can actually help like manage the energy. Have you ever like spoken on a zoom meeting and you're like, is anyone even listening? You, You don't have the same energy as if you're in a group and rituals can help lift the energy, you know, for things when you, when you really want the energy to be lifted. The book has a lot of different ones you can implement. I pulled out three that I think are really effective that you could start implementing into your teams today. Honestly, you could do these virtual or in person. They're mostly designed for virtual meetings. You could also bring them into to in-person meetings as too, and it might even make you more effective, to be honest. So the first ritual is called PDA, Public Display of Appreciation. And I grabbed all three of these from this book, so definitely get the book. Um, it'll explain a bunch of other ones that may or may not be beneficial to your business. So public displays of affection. You're going to want to do this at like a major milestone, a big accomplishment of the team or at the end of a project or the end of an event. And you want to take about five minutes and really the intention is to express gratitude for everyone who was on the project or on the team. Um, I thought this was kind of cool. It started in 2019 at the the Borderless Youth Forum. They did this, and it's just kind of snowballed. And I think it's a really cool thing to implement. So you really you want to save five to ten minutes at the end of the meeting. Tell them ahead of time, before the meeting, or at least give them a few minutes after you tell them what you're going to do to think about it. But you want to tell the team that you're going to go around and thank someone who you noticed did something especially great or really helped you out, something that you noticed that they did on the project that really either helped you or helped, you know, the team or the project move forward. And tell them that you want everyone to be thanked from at least one person and get and then you're going to give them time to think about who they're going to talk about, what they're going to say. Make sure you tell them that you want it to be specific and personal. It's not, you don't want to be like, hey, Joe, you did a really great job. Thanks so much. You want to be like, hey, Joe, 
when we ran into XYZ problem, you really came through by, you know, working on XYZ or creating this model for us so that we could really see XYZ, like you get my drift. Um, You want to make it specific. So then you're all going to go around and you're going to start sharing, right? So one person starts, they thank one person. Then the person they thanked goes ahead and thanks somebody else. And it just keeps going until everyone in the group has received a gratitude. You might want to pay attention to if somebody has or has not. And then if they haven't, jump in and and do, you know, yours last as a leader. But it's a great way just to get people thinking about, you know, how they appreciate. And it feels just as good to give feedback or to give gratitude as it does to receive it. In fact, studies show it's better for you to give it than receiving it. And if you do have bigger groups, you could always do it in a a video or a Slack channel or a WhatsApp group or a shared drive. Um, You know, if you you do video, it's definitely better to have the person record a video and send it and make it public so everyone can see it. Seeing your human face and hearing your human voice is much more impactful than just like a written text in a Slack or, or an email or something like that. So that's the first ritual you can do. And you can always, you can just make it a rule that you do it after every big milestone, every big project. Like once you get into the cadence, they're going to know what to expect and it's just going to kind of become second nature. So that's PDA. Ritual two is setting virtual ground rules. This one is done one time with a group. And so that could be if you're working on a new project together with new people It could be maybe you're setting it for your whole business, your whole team. And it essentially helps you establish what you're going to do to avoid some of the awkward or frustrating things that happen in virtual meetings. And what's cool is once you start this, you can create a one-pager and send it to all new hires. Hey, this is how we communicate our virtual meeting ground rules. Make sure you look at them and you can send it to them so that they know as well during their onboarding and once they're working. You're probably going to want to set around 15 minutes, set aside 15 minutes to 30 minutes to do this. You know, you can share with the team that you're going to do an activity that helps us avoid social awkwardness in meetings or helps us know how to behave in meetings. You can call it whatever you want. And then you're going to ask them to quickly share and you're going to have somebody take notes and everyone's going to go around and talk about what they find super awkward or uncomfortable about virtual meetings. You can share out loud and then have somebody just like put the notes in a shared document and then tell your team, if you agree with something, make sure that we know. So like, you know, someone might start out saying, oh, the start of the meeting is awkward as I, if I'm the first person to join and then someone else joined, it's just us two. Like, do I start talking? Do I not? It's just so awkward. And then if, you know, a team member joins, be like, yes, me too. It's the worst, you know, that type of a thing. So you're going to put together a big list, an awkward list, you can call it. And then you're going to go around and describe how you're going to reduce it. So some of the awkward things that I think are like the start of the meeting is awkward, like I said. What happens if a meeting's running over time or about to get over time? What about if you have a question, like how do you jump in and ask it? You know, what if you disagree with something? How do you say that? You know, those types of things. If I'm the only one with my camera on or, or if somebody shows up with their camera off, it feels a little awkward. Like you can decide what it is on these lists and then you're going to decide what you do to reduce it. So, you know, the start of the meeting is awkward. Could be like you're going to decide that all meetings start within a minute of the scheduled time. And there's a, a silent, there'll be a question posed in the chat by the chat leader And everyone will just go around and answer it. 
and then the the person leading the meeting will read it off or something like that. Or to ask a question, you're going to flag on raise your hand or whatever it is, you're going to just write down the list of all the things that people hate and then decide what's our operating procedure on this and then create a one pager. Like I said, this is how everything works and then share it with all of your new hires and all of your team. So that's the, the second ritual and that's setting virtual ground rules. And then the last one is called pass the mic. And this is great if you have a team that regularly talks over one another, or if you feel like somebody's hijacking the entire conversation and you just want to like create a lot more collaboration, this could also work here. So tell everyone that you want them to show up to the meeting with something that can represent a microphone. It has to be large enough so that on video you can see it. Like it could be I have a microphone because I'm a podcaster. I could bring that. I could bring my remote control. Maybe I'm bringing a cooking utensil. Whatever it is, it has to be visible enough on camera. And then when you start the meeting, you're going to say, listen, these are the ground rules for it could either be the entire meeting or maybe there's like a certain aspect of the meeting that you know is going to be a hot topic or someone's going to go on and on about. And so you're like, when we talk about financial planning, I don't know, I'm making something up, we're going to play past the mic. And when you get to that part, you can say, we're going to use past the mic for this section or this entire meeting. And you're going to remind them that before they speak, they will need the person who last spoke to pass the mic to them. So you could do this in person, like literally get a mic. I have had to do this before. Like we have one in an office and you pass it around the room. It's just taking this particular situation and moving it virtually. And it also is kind of fun, right? If you've done ritual two, you probably have some sort of solve for how the team should act when they have something to say or they have a question or they have an opinion on something. So the speaker should notice what that is, finish speaking, and then call out the person and pass the mic to them and say, all right, I'm done. I'm now going to pass the mic over to Sam. And then you can do some sort of gesture if you want, like pretend like to the camera you're passing it. And then Sam's going to pick up his mic and he's going to speak. And so it just kind of gamifies it and makes it fun, but also sets some ground rules for like how to behave and how to, how to work together. And if somebody starts talking, you'd be like, hey, you don't got the mic, not your turn type of a situation. So these are three, I think, that can really help your meetings become more effective, help your teams work better together, and just create a little bit of culture. Um, and they're all things you can start to implement right away. Um, and I highly, highly, highly recommend you go grab a copy of Rituals for Virtual Meetings. They also have one, a book just for regular meetings. We'll link it in the, in the show notes as well. And you may discover that you know, your team works together even better, even if in person. So I think there's just a lot more intention that needs to be had at creating a great culture. And all of the great cultures that you know and you hear about took intention. And it wasn't just from an HR person. It was from the entire team. So I've started a, a, a trend of ending my podcast episodes with go out and be a good boss. And I'm going to say go out and, and learn some new things to become a better boss. And we'll talk again soon. Did you know our parent company, People Principles, has some free resources for you to improve your hiring process today? Go download our interview guide, complete with the process mapped out, questions to ask, and description of what you're looking for the next time you interview. Download our free interview guide using the link in the show notes.